Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. As the year ends, we're stepping back from what we usually do on the show, covering the day-to-day news of the state. Instead, we're tackling some more unusual and bigger topics. And what could be bigger than space? What kind of year was 2021 for space exploration and our understanding of the cosmos? Well, one great person to check in about these things is KQED science reporter Danielle Venton, who never misses an opportunity to talk about wonders beyond our world. Danielle, thanks for joining us. Happy to, Saul. Well, let's start by talking about one of the most high-profile space trends over the past year, and that's space tourism. That's right. Yeah. 2021 was an enormous year for the private spaceflight industry or space tourism. There was a trio of billionaire men who were all working to get their rockets in space. You know, in July, we saw Richard Branson aboard a Virgin Galactic ship go to space or go to the edge, uh, almost to the edge of space. Uh, And we saw Amazon's Jeff Bezos aboard Blue Origin. And then that was followed up in September. Uh, Elon Musk's SpaceX launched with with space tourists. Elon Musk did not go to space himself. But, uh, you know, these are largely vanity projects, right? Um, You know, and unlike government space agencies, they're not seeking to answer big, big scientific questions. A lot of people had a lot of criticism for these pursuits because they just seem to typify that we're living in an age defined by inequality. So if private space travel took a a great leap forward in 2021, what was our national space agency, NASA, up to this past year? Well, they were super busy. To run through a couple of the the highlights, in February, uh, the rover Perseverance landed on Mars. Mission control was at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena. And the rover is in an area of Mars that was, uh, it's assumed was once habitable. So it's looking for any signs of past life. Also on Mars, we had the first powered flight um, with a solar powered helicopter named Ingenuity. That was also mission controlled from JPL. And it was extremely cool. So we've been talking about things that involve uh, activities within our solar system. What about uh, activities or research that goes beyond the boundaries of our solar system? What's some big news there? The whole field of astronomy is so excited for the launch of the James Webb Space Telescope. This is the biggest, most powerful space telescope ever developed. Really big deal. And the the telescope will be searching for alien Earths, um, planets similar to ours that could possibly hold life, which connects to my personal favorite anniversary of the year. Saul, you'll be interested to know that this fall, the Drake Equation celebrates its 60th birthday. This is an equation devised by astronomer Frank Drake. He lives in the Santa Cruz Mountains. And this equation that he wrote 60 years ago is a way to estimate the number of civilizations in the universe that we may possibly be able to detect someday. 
And the equation launched an entirely new discipline, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, or SETI. And of course, the SETI Institute is headquartered in the Bay Area in Mountain View. So the equation relates to what percentage of stars out there or or, or, or planetary systems might be able to support life that somehow re- reaches a point where, where it reaches a point of civilization and the ability to contact other worlds, right? Yeah, basically, it's a framework for thinking about how many detectable civilizations out there. The equation has a number of variables that become increasingly restrictive. You know, for example, it starts at the rate at which stars are born. And then the next variable is the fraction of those stars that host planets. And then it goes on to the number of those planets on which life could possibly exist. And it becomes more and more restrictive. And so astronomers are learning more about each of these different variables. Um, And it's a way to make basically the search for alien intelligence uh, a scientific discipline. Prior to how Frank Drake thought about it had been kind of the the, the purview of, you know, people who believe that they could see little green men on on Mars. And and today it's a rigorous scientific discipline. And just a final question, you know, really one big change in our understanding of the cosmos, and this relates to the Drake equation and whether or not there's extraterrestrial life out there that's intelligent is the fact that we've we have found like a bunch thousands of these exoplanets right planets beyond our solar system and i'm wondering if you think or if you know that's if that's changed the nature of this conversation in any way where we used to just think of the only planets we knew were in our own solar system now we know that our our galaxy is teeming with planets but i'm wondering if that's changed the tenor of the conversation or made things more real in a way that it wasn't just 15 20 years ago Yes, yeah. The discovery of there being so many, just an incredible amount of exoplanets, planets beyond our solar system, first with the Kepler mission, and now with the TESS satellite, the search for those planets will be taken over by the James Webb Space Telescope that we talked about. It makes it much more plausible that some of those planets are in habitable zones around their stars, and that some of the planets that life has possibly evolved on could reach intelligence and some of those intelligent life forms could possibly reach civilizations. Mm. All right. That is KQED science reporter Danielle Venton talking to us about uh, this year in space, the year that was in space. Uh, Danielle, thank you so much for joining us on the California Report. My pleasure, Saul. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis. From KQED Podcasts comes On Our Watch Season 2, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for the California Report comes from Personal Capital, helping people take control of their finances with financial tools and objective advice from a fiduciary advisor. Personalcapital.com Stanford Medicine, 
Protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together on the web at schmidtfutures.com. And that's the California Report for Friday, December 31st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin, Danny Bringer, and Jim Bennett with help from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Tobin Lindsay, and our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening to us this year, and we'll see you very soon in 2022. Happy New Year, everyone. Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now.